0: to the podcast from the International Franchise Association, Franchise Voice. I'm your host, Jack Munson. On today's edition of Franchise Voice, we're talking networking with some of the best networkers in franchising. With the IFA convention coming up in Phoenix in just a couple of weeks, and so many more IFA and franchise industry conferences and events and meetings coming up, we thought it would be a great thing to kick off February talking about networking. So today our guest is Graham Miller, chairman and CEO of BNI, the world's largest business networking Organization. Graham, welcome to the podcast.
1: Great to be here, Jack. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for being here. I really want to hear a bit about your experience with franchise networking and why it's a critical part of the entire franchise business model. What can you tell me?
1: I think networking is important for all businesses. I would say it's particularly important for uh entrepreneurs and business leaders in the franchising industry. And there are a number of reasons for that. Um, first of all, franchising is always changing and developing. So when we are networking, we're not only creating relationships and uh, opportunity, we're also continuing to learn. And you know, the research has proven that lifelong learning is correlated with lifelong happiness, but also lifelong success. So franchising, whether you're a franchisee, a franchisor, or a supplier, it's always growing, it's always changing, um, and it's an exciting place to be, but I think it's an industry where um, you know, networking is particularly important and also fun. The people that tend to operate within uh, the franchising world are relationship based. They're people based. They also care about their communities. And uh, so it's rewarding and fun in addition to being uh, an important learning opportunity.
0: I love that idea of it's always changing, including the people are always changing. I think too many times in some industries, including franchising, people get used to talking to and meeting with and hanging out with the same people that they've known for years and years and years. But the great thing about franchising is there's so many new people coming into the space. And if we're not networking, even those of us who have been around for a while, if we're not networking with the new people coming in, we're really doing ourselves a disservice as well as them.
1: I think that's right. You know, my grandmother always used to say, make new friends, keep the old one is silver, the other gold. And I think that applies (laughs) to life, but also franchising in particular. There are um, terrific new people that are coming in and um, whether they're doing that as a franchisee, a franchisor or, or a supplier. And then there is kind of a central group that has been there for years and often decades. Now, what I have found is those People that have been a part of franchising for decades, they love franchising and they love to give back. They love to contribute what they've learned over those years and decades to people that are new uh, to franchising. And some of, one of the things I say is, and I've heard others say it, so it's not my original saying, but you know, franchising is a is a steep but short learning curve. And uh, I always caveat that by saying. Um, And it does take time to figure out things like change management and communications and training within franchising. So um, it is a steep learning curve, but it's short to get the basics. To do it really well does take experience. And that's where those, you know, stalwarts of franchising um, really give so much back.
0: What are some ways that your group at BNI can help people maximize their networking opportunities?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have over 11,000 chapters worldwide, so wow. there are chapters most likely, at one if not several in um, you know the community within which the listeners may be uh, listening, but uh, we also do a lot of training and education. And so, for example, at IFA's annual convention uh, in Phoenix, we will be at booth 111, and we're also um, running some pre- convention webinars next week where people can learn best practices around networking. And then we also are having on-site uh, uh, learning around networking, you know, at the event itself. So we try to, uh, we've certainly made a science of it over the last 40 years, and we try to share what we have have learned to help entrepreneurs and business leaders become uh, more impactful, but also uh, to reach their dreams and go further.
0: Tell me more about some of that on-site learning and, and maybe you're doing some things ahead of the IFA convention. What types of exercises or do you do role playing? Do you do introductions to new people? How does that work?
1: Yeah, all of the above really. Um, it starts with understanding you know what your message is and how do we simplify your message and distill it to something that is very remarkable. And if something's remarkable, it's also memorable. And so we work with entrepreneurs and business leaders, you know, around the world to do just that, refine their message, you know, find the frequency to uh, make that message uh, memorable in the minds of those who can refer them uh, transformational opportunities. What we've found is that referrals, you know, convert to, to revenue at a much higher rate than leads. That's why we focus on referrals so much. And a really important part of authentic, meaningful, enduring networking is the focus on contributing to others. We call that giver's gain. That's our philosophy worldwide. But the idea that you know networking is about farming. It's not about hunting. And so a lot of people think about networking is going into a crowded room and just instantly giving out a bunch of business cards and, and talking about, (laughs) you know, what it is that you do, but it's actually the reverse. It's about building and contributing to others. And those relationships can be so transformational.
0: I see this happen a lot with uh, people in the franchise space and in other industries too, where they, they walk into that room and they want to network when they need something and they and they've never built up that base of of people that they uh, that, that they trust or maybe someone who could recommend them before they actually need something they they need an introduction they need a new job they need a favor that's when they decide to start networking tell me what you tell people about when they should start and how they should start and if they're kind of new to this why do they need to jump in today
1: Yeah, the right time to start is now. And I would look at it as a lifelong process, not as an event and a way of living your life, which is actually more successful and fulfilling. So they go together. And we always talk about keeping the fun and the fundamentals. And so, um, you know, when we think about uh, how we network, it really should be a meaningful percentage of of your day of your week it doesn't have to be you know fifty percent but it shouldn't be one percent you know it might yeah. be ten percent or twenty percent um and uh you know being thoughtful uh about it and um making sure that you know you're constantly building your network and like i said it's uh it's a way of living one's life that is different from a lot of our original training in, in business, but I can say it's a lot more productive and, and a lot more, a lot more meaningful.
0: Do you have any other recommendations for people who maybe this is their first IFA convention or, or first big networking opportunity that they're attending in a couple of weeks, any recommendations or advice?
1: Yeah, plan ahead. So IFA's convention is a terrific event. It really is a terrific event. And there's so much going on at the same time. You don't want to start planning which aspects of the convention you're going to attend You know, after the convention started. It is a great thing to do right now, certainly on the plane ride to the event. That's another opportunity. So plan ahead. Also set up you know, one to ones beforehand. Um, And that's a great way to meet so many people on site, but you have to plan ahead because people are so busy. I would also say, write things down, you're going to have lots of ideas from the content, write it down each day, not after the event, because you're going to be flooded with so much and you're going to, you're going to land back in your hometown and get right back to business. So write it down in the moment, Um, And the most important part is to put into practice two or three things that are the most potentially transformational for your business. So don't try to do 50, Write All those 50, yeah, (laughs) but try to do two or three.
0: Oh, that's some really good advice because I think people come back from, a big conference, a big gathering, and they they do have a list of 50 things. And let's face it, you're never going to get to all 50. So prioritizing the most important things, that's some really good advice. Um, I do want to throw in there too, for anyone who's coming for the first time, IFA has a, a, a first-timers reception. It's happening at 3.15 on Saturday, the 17th. And it's a very cool thing where you get paired up with someone like me who's been around for a long time as an ambassador and uh, and it's a little bit of a of a buddy system so if you don't know anyone at all you will you will at least know one or two people who you meet at this first timers reception so if you're coming to the IFA and it's your first time please put this on your calendar right now 315 p.m. on saturday the 17th what else is happening uh, around this convention or other conferences that people should think about? Like any any sort of longer term plans, do you think people should map out an entire year's worth of events that they want to go to, or is it something where you kind of look at things quarter by quarter? What's your advice?
1: I would always plan ahead two years ahead. Two years. That. That's wow. What we- look at. And what we find is when you start doing that, it's a heavy lift. But all of a sudden, when you start planning into your second year, it's really easy. And if you keep doing that, you're you stay ahead of, you know, other uh, events and things that are on deck. So I'd plan two years ahead. Um, One thing I would recommend in particular is the Certified Franchise Executive Program. And so for those that are really looking at franchising um, over the long term or even intermediate term, making that investment uh, in yourself and in the impact that you'll have on others around you is really important. Um, and uh, so, I'd learn more about the Certified Franchise Executive Program. I do understand that Chris McChesney, uh, who is a terrific uh, keynote, will be uh, at IFA, and his focus is on 4DX, and that is a system that we have implemented to ensure focus and that we focus on our you know wildly important goals and 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 execute against those. Uh, in the face of, uh, of the whirlwind. And most franchise organizations have a high whirlwind, whether you're a franchisee franchise or a supplier, you face the whirlwind. So would encourage folks to check that out. The main stage content is always exceptional and inspiring. So as much as people will be learning specific you know strategies and tactics and building relationships and learning about important trends, also use these events, especially IFA's convention, to refill your tank on why you do what you do, and to remind yourself of the big picture impact that you want to have in your life.
0: Before we go, Graham, I want to invite you to join me at IFA. We're actually going to set up a little area inside the exhibit hall for a big IFA franchise voice and social geek podcast area. And we'll be talking to some of the award winners, some of the award winners, some of the board members from the IFA. And uh, Graham, I'd love to have you join me there and kind of do a part two of networking live in the middle of a networking event. I think that would be uh, a lot of fun. One last thing I wanted to talk to you today about, though, is what does the future look like? You said right now you're looking at events and things like that two years in the future. What does conferencing even look like? You know, we went through a very interesting past four or five years where everything came to a grinding halt when it comes to these networking events and, and um, the virtual and online things were nice, but they just didn't cut it for some people like me who really likes to go to uh, in-person events. Uh, Where do you see everything going specifically in franchising over the next few years?
1: That's a big question. Uh, I would say, you know, we study the um, the different models of interaction because that's what we do. We have over eleven thousand events every week around the world, and so we need to really understand, you know, trends and what benefits our members the most. Um, we've always been focused on high touch and high tech, and I think that's the future. You know, obviously, technology is transforming the way that we can, you know, interact and build relationships. I don't know that it'll ever replace the power of being in person. So I think it's gonna be both. It won't be one or the other. And um, you know, we're certainly investing a lot in technology. And I think a lot of franchisors are is as, as well. So franchising as a as an industry, if you will, I think will continue to expand. It's been incredibly successful in creating opportunity for millions and millions. And um, you know, the IFA is one organization does a terrific job of, you know, protecting, enhancing and promoting uh, what franchising can do for communities uh, throughout uh, the United States and throughout the world.
0: Very good. Graham, if anyone would like to connect with you, maybe learn a little bit more about what you do and what BNI is up to these days, where is a great place we can send them?
1: Yeah, uh, well, Booth 111 at the uh, convention or bni.com or they could reach out to me at graham at bni.com.
0: Back on Franchise Voice, now talking with Jamie Isaacs, the president of All Points Public Relations. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Great to be here again and and proud to be uh, so involved with the International Franchise Association and your podcast. Thanks so much for your support, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you at a bunch of the events in 2024. I wanted to ask you about Franchise development specifically coming up for the year 2024. Let's talk about some of the things that that you're seeing out there and maybe what's working best right now for Fran Dev.
2: Sure. It's gonna be a, a fascinating year in franchise development. And it is, I think, the single hottest topic, no matter the year in franchising, right? It's what it's kind of what franchisors, um, you know kind of center themselves around is franchise development. And so this is always the topic that gets the most buzz going at the IFA convention Uh, in the, in the regional world of the uh, FBN groups, right? The Franchise Business Network, it's what gets the most people kind of buzzing about the year ahead. And, and I really feel like given the timing of the IFA and uh, this conversation that what a great category to begin our conversation on uh, with franchise development. So, um, There are a lot of considerations depending on the category of your franchise. You know, if you're a, a heavy investment, retail restaurant kind of uh, business, there's a lot of factors that are coming into play right now. When we think about um, you know, the rates right now for, for loans. uh, When we think about uh, you know, the, the, the conundrum that people face with labor um, and the cost of labor you have um, you know, innovations coming that are you know kind of sending franchisees and franchisors down down different rabbit holes to try to figure out how to handle technology in the restaurant or retail right so you have all these factors that are coming to play which really started earlier in 2023 and are now you know kind of i would say becoming more streamlined into the cost structure and the operational structure of retail of restaurant of bigger box investments for franchising. So what I'm seeing is a little bit of stabilization in mm-hmm. franchise development. I'm seeing more of a of an acceptance of the current um kind of pricing structure that's coming into uh r- franchising one of these entities um expanding your portfolios 2024, I think, is going to be an opportunity where the new pricing structure really has stabilized a bit more. Consumers become more used to it, what they're paying for all costs of goods. And I think franchising is going to see a, a little bit of a boom here when it comes to the ones that are uh, heavier investments, where you might see a multi-unit franchisee or someone wanting to get into the restaurant retail Um maybe fitness and wellness those kind of things in 2024. So I do see that happening uh in a positive light in 2024. Despite some of these headwinds that 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 we're facing, there there will be some stabilization because of an acceptance of where things are and everything is kind of scaled around that a bit. And you have ways of people lowering costs right now with with the um greater acceptance of technology in all that we're doing in in retail and restaurant. But franchising has a whole host of of categories of of investments, and I think one of the um, elements to, to keep in mind, um, and Jack, you might know this from a lot of your work, is is frankly uh, the employment rate, right? Yeah. Um, with with employment being so strong, um, you have a challenge to some of the lower cost franchise investments that um, folks might not want to take that leap of faith into entrepreneurship. Um, so I think that's going to be uh, a challenge for franchisors to overcome in development is convincing people to leave uh, their 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 safety net in in a job. Um, so that that's kind of my thought when we think about these categories. But I do think that um, you know that there will be. Plenty of opportunity for people to cash out their 401ks or, you know, leverage their 401ks, I think, to to invest and to, um, you know, take advantage of these great franchise brands that are emerging in in an affordable new franchise models that that we're seeing coming out um, that I think are great opportunities. So um, I think development is going to be strong in 2024. I'm optimistic across the board. um, And I think that franchise brands should be uh, looking at it optimistically.
0: And I think all of the headwinds that you mentioned earlier are all things that smart franchisors and their supplier partners are figuring out right now. You mentioned the strong job market, but also things like the rising cost of real estate and who knows where we're going to be by the end of the year with lending and in that situation. Um, and, um, and also we can't forget the government uh where are we going to be with with the government and everything else that's uh, that's going on with the uh the labor issues uh, specifically and the presidential um, election this year and too. the presidential yeah you know how does that impact what you guys are doing with um with paid media as well as earned media is is does that really show up nice and bright on your calendar right now that that we're going to shift our tactics when we get closer and closer to the election
2: so this is getting into the bread and butter of what we do right jack And, and thanks for bringing that up because um the outlook on franchise development is is a, is a good foundation for understanding what will work to generate franchise leads in twenty twenty four, and so from our standpoint, right, we do take this earned media, owned media, and paid media standpoint uh, to really connect with prospects uh, and those thinking about franchising in multiple ways. We know how fragmented media the media landscape is today, so. Um, When we think about earned, owned and paid media and we think about the fragmentation of the media and then the presidential election, you think about what's going to be the most cost effective way to connect with prospects, because paid media is going to really have a a. a, a, an influx of of new type of media coming into it with the presidential ads coming in, right? So that could be digital, could be all forms of media, which are going to drive up costs. So it will be harder to use paid any form of paid media in 2024 as yeah. you hit um August, September, and so on. Um, and really that's when a lot of franchise brands are really thinking about hitting it the hardest. Yeah, that's
0: that's really the sweet spot for for exactly. a lot of brands. Yeah.
2: Um, and then you have um, you know earned media, which is a huge part of our work, right? Like getting press. And, and that becomes more difficult in a presidential election. So how do you spin your story into the topics that will be most prevalent in the media during those times? And that's really what, what we specialize in as well. And then you have your owned media, your emails, your website. How do you um, take advantage of SEO, and, and certainly, you know, connecting with your prospects in franchising, franchise development through email marketing, texting, uh, you know, how do you get creative with the type of media that you're using, video, um, audio, graphic design. So, so that's where, um, you know, we really specialize in and, and, and is overcoming these obstacles that the media landscape presents you, connecting with your prospects in the most effective way and keeping cost in
0: mind as we hit 2024. You mentioned the IFA convention a few minutes ago. I wanted to uh, uh, see what you guys are up to when it comes to the IFA 2024. Are you bringing a pretty good size crew? And uh, what kind of plans are you making right now for the big convention in Phoenix? Sure. I mean, all points will
2: have uh, more than 10 people there. I think we'll be at 11 uh, total team members for sure. Uh, we've been sponsors of the IFA for you know more than a decade now of the convention and involved in the International Franchise Association in many ways. Um, last year we we probably had our most prolific uh, visible presence, which was the nourishment hub that we sponsored uh, in really that uh, networking area, and we'll be we'll be back there again in the nourishment hub. Uh, we we invite everyone to come by all day long. We have. Snacks and uh, refreshers like um, you know mints and um, you know cleansing towels and sanitizers and these kind of things to really we know the grind of the IFA right I mean, yeah that's what we need after
0: being in the desert for a few days right it, yeah. it, that's that's a great chap idea chapstick
2: come get some I mean, <laughs> seven seven in the morning until two in the morning every day right so yeah we're talking four or five hours of sleep so the nourishment hub is really there it's where the IFA puts out its snacks too you'll see our our napkins and coffee cup holders you know in the in those moments but we've got our own nourishment hub in that space where we'll be giving away things all day long and um so that's our visible presence but 11 team members will be in and out of all the sessions and really excited to to be with um you know the franchise industry and and to just you know you know talk to you know our friends our some some family and and just incredible
0: um opportunity to network learn and grow together excellent and um Another group that, that you're really spearheading that I've had the opportunity to check out a couple of times here in the Chicago area is the Northern Illinois Franchise Association.
2: Yes. The NIFA is uh, Chicagoland's Franchise Business Network, right? So we're really uh, the flag of the IFA in Chicagoland. And uh, and then we do pull from all across the, the Midwest. So folks come in from Northwest Indiana and Southwest Michigan, um Iowa Wisconsin so we we pull from a, a, and I invite everyone to come uh we've even had people fly in from Dallas for our speakers cuz we get some great ones and this one will be uh nothing short of spectacular a gentleman named Baron Waller will be our our speaker and he's actually hosting it which is really cool at his Culvers um at his Culvers in Wrigleyville so in Chicago uh will be hosting this Baron is a Culvers franchisee uh we were introduced to him by his Banker, um, who um, is also a Chicago, uh, Chicagoland member of NIFA and the IFA, and and she said this guy will be fantastic uh, to speak. I've heard him speak, she said, and so he's he's you research him, look him up before you decide to come if you can make it. But what an inspiring story of someone who you know kind of beat the odds to. Um, become a franchisee. I think he's working on nine, 10 or more units in the, in Chicago. So we know Chicago nice. needs this kind of investment in restaurants and in, in communities that can use, um, you know, restaurant like Culver's. So we're, we'll be at Wrigleyville and
0: um, great story from Baron Waller telling us his story. Well, I will be there. You had me at Culver's, but especially in Wrigleyville, that's even better. So I will see yeah. you there on Thursday, March 14th, Or the Northern Illinois Franchise Association event. Jamie, before we go, if anybody has any questions for you, or maybe they want to connect with you at the IFA convention or some of these other places coming up, where's the best place to reach out and connect with you and make some time? Well, if you're a new member, first-time member going to the
2: IFA, there is that first-time and new member reception uh, the Saturday night or Saturday afternoon at 315 I'm hosting one of those roundtables. Um, you you would be assigned to them, but make sure you attend that if you're a newcomer to franchising and the IFA, the new member and first-time attendee reception. I'm hosting one of the roundtables where we kind of talk about what being part of franchising is all about. Um, but in addition to that, uh, LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me. Uh, again, it's Jamie Isaacs just on LinkedIn. Um, allpointspr.com, a great place to connect with me as well. I would say those are the two best. Uh, But as always, uh, I love seeing people in person and we're we're trying to time this podcast with the IFA. So let's try and make it happen there.
0: Excellent. All right, my friend, thank you so much. And I will see you in Phoenix. Awesome. Thanks, Jack. And thanks to you for listening to Franchise Voice from the International Franchise Association. For more information, go to franchise.org.